welcome to the Ask Dr. Deanna show. I'm Dr. Deanna Osborne, your host. Join me weekly as I cover various health-related lifestyle medicine topics that you get to request. This show is for anyone who wants to proactively improve their health position. I hope you enjoy the show. Hey, everybody. Thanks so much for joining me today. We are in an incredible series, a very timely topic uh, on intermittent fasting, and the series is uh, Fasting February. Uh, I always joke and say that that makes it easy for me when I am making recommendations to my patients uh, from an education standpoint. I can tell them, just go listen to the February series and you will learn pretty much everything you need to know about fasting and why I'm recommending this to you as a very, very powerful tool. And one of the things I do want to comment on as we go into today's uh, topic and, and you know, continue on this whole intermittent fasting thing, you know, fasting is, is safe and effective and, and, and certainly is fine for most people. Um, but if you've ever had an eating disorder or you are underweight, uh, et cetera, then absolutely, you know, this is, this is most likely not, well, this is not for you. If you have an eating disorder or have had an eating disorder in the past or you're underweight, this would not be the, the, the program for you and you certainly need to work with your doctor. So that being said, today I want to cover some do's and don'ts of fasting, some things that can help you have great success, some things that actually can get in the way of your success um, as well. And then I want to talk a little bit before I, uh, you know, share some of those things, just about the main health benefits and just the whole reason why we're doing fasting. And then next week, uh, I'm going, I want you to come back, okay, because I'm going to break it down further and talk very, very specifically about what is happening uh, in your body when you are fasting. But today, I want to, you know, give you some tracks to run on and and just the how-to, uh, if you will, with do's and don'ts. Uh, so next week, it will be things like human growth hormone, insulin, some of those other things that are happening and how we can really utilize those to increase our metabolism. You know, I think that that this year, especially as we are looking at intermittent fasting and talking about that, you're going to hear more and more about metabolism, 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 uh, because we know that intermittent fasting is sort of like rocket fuel for your metabolism. That's one of the things that it does. And it's really because of the effect that it has on the hormones. So in addition to losing weight, which is probably the the most common reason that people start doing intermittent fasting, we also know that it decreases um, insulin resistance, which is fantastic. It decreases insulin resistance, even reverses insulin resistance uh, so that people are metabolically healthy. It decreases inflammation, which is actually going to have a massive impact on chronic disease. Uh, when you think about inflammation, you know, a lot of people when they're fasting, they notice that their joints feel better, that they have less body aches, less, uh, you know, mental uh, fogginess and so forth. And, and part of that is because you are decreasing the inflammatory load um, that is oftentimes brought on by food. Uh, and then also you're getting some cellular cleansing as you're fasting, some detoxification, if you will. And so that improves uh, inflammation as well. Um, heart health is another reason that people will fast. And this is something that I've started recommending to my patients who are asking me the question, what else can I possibly do to help 
you know, have a positive impact on these cholesterol numbers and just from a heart healthy standpoint, you know, prevention, et cetera. And one of the things that we know is that fasting will typically reduce LDL, which is that bad cholesterol. Um, it does reduce inflammatory markers, which help, which contribute to coronary artery disease. Uh, it helps to balance out blood sugar and of course, reverse insulin resistance. All of those things, okay, you know, the high LDL, high triglycerides, increased inflammatory markers, um, you know, elevated blood sugar, as well as, um, you know, struggling with insulin resistance, those are all risk factors for coronary artery disease. Incorporating intermittent fasting into your lifestyle, you know, as a, this is just my lifestyle, the way that I'm going to, to, you know, to live life, I'm going to embrace this. Um, as a very effective tool can have so many benefits for you in the long run. There are also some fantastic um, you know, studies that show that it, that it may have a positive impact on the reduction of cancer rates. And that is most likely because of this whole phenomenon that we call autophagy, um, which is a cellular cleansing or a cellular, cellular renewal that happens. And um, it also likely has to do uh, somewhat with what we call gene expression. You know, I used to think uh, in when I was in med school that you have this this these these genetics that you're born with, uh, this genetic code, and that basically, uh, you know, it's it's sort of like a a hand of cards that you've been dealt. And so, if these are the cards that you have, then these are likely the diseases that you will encounter in your life. But what I found, okay, was that that was actually not um, an accurate way of thinking about things because what I later discovered was that it matters what we bathe our genes in. And we can basically um, eat horrible food, processed food, and and flip the switch and turn that gene on and maybe it's going to run toward, you know, cancer or whatever that or, – or, you know, autoimmune disease or whatever – or we can eat the right foods, give our body the right nutrients, a clean diet, et cetera, and it flips the switch off. But also, okay, when you look at intermittent fasting, that is also a way to have an impact on, on gene expression, whether a gene, a faulty gene that we have is actually expressed and you get that disease or not. And again, I think it's because of that cellular cleansing, that cell cellular renewal, the autophagy that's going on, that has such an impact. Uh, and then brain health. You know, we know that 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 brain health improves when people are fasting. Uh, and you know, there is actually a brain hormone called BDNF um, that has been measured and has sh been shown to be increased when people are fasting. Uh, and they think that it may actually even aid um, in the growth of new nerve cells, which is super exciting. Uh, and that fasting may actually protect um, against Alzheimer's. So you know, the benefits as time goes on, the benefits just keep piling up, stacking up and, and just pointing at, you know, in the direction of intermittent fasting as a, a very healthy uh, and much needed tool, especially uh, you know, in the US uh, in, our, in our current system. So, so many people are using this. They consider it a life hack. Uh, many people consider intermittent fasting a life hack, uh, a way to basically stay healthy, stay young, et cetera. And then, of course, um, you know, we look at anti-aging as well. You know, I had learned, I don't know, probably 10 years ago 
um, through some of my functional medicine courses that one of the number one things that you could do from an anti-aging standpoint, and I'm talking about anti-aging internally when you think about your organs, was to make sure that you were fasting 12 hours every single night, just 12 hours every single night. And so um, there are some animal studies out there that show that when, when with these animal models, when they are, are incorporating intermittent fasting, uh, that it basically ex- extends their lifespan anywhere from 36 to 83%. Now, you know, those are, are likely mice, you know, studies that are being done on, on mice. Uh, but still, we know that there's some some improvement there. And certainly, um, you know, we know that food matters, what we're eating. Uh, we know that, 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 you know, doing all these things, it, it just makes a difference overall. So what are the do's and don'ts of fasting? Okay, so these are things that I just kind of created my own list of things because these are questions that people ask me all the time. Can I have this? Can I have that? Can I, you know, do this thing? Can I take my medication while I'm fasting, you know? Um, so first of all, when you think about fasting, you know, most people will start with at least the 12 hours. Hopefully you're already doing that. And then they'll extend from from 12 to 14 where they fast for 14 hours. And then the probably the most common fasting program that we see is a 16-8 where you fast for 16 hours and then you eat or consume all of your calories for a day in an 8-hour eating window. Um that's actually the plan that I follow pretty much every day. And then usually two days a week, um, I will extend to an 18-hour. I might even throw in a 24-hour. And we'll talk next week about why, why that's important. Um, but it, it it's not only because of autophagy, but it's also because of um, increasing metabolism and just trying to supercharge your metabolism and really get some human growth hormone increases, which is going to help not only with metabolism, it's going to help with fat burning. It's also going to help with, with muscle growth. Okay. So we want to talk about how to, how to hold on to our muscle. You know, most of the time when people are losing weight, they're losing muscle as well. We don't want that. Okay. We want to lose fat. We want to build muscle, right? So some of the do's, one of the first things people ask is, well, you know, while I'm fasting, what can I have? Okay. Meaning what can I consume orally, right? What can I have? Well, you can have, um, I mean, pretty much what we say is to avoid sugar, avoid carbs. Okay. And, and for the most part, avoid calories. Although in some instances, you know, there are some things that are probably okay there on that list, but black coffee. Okay. Absolutely allowed during your fasting period. Uh, so for me, you know, I typically will have two cups of black coffee in the morning. Some of you may be sensitive to caffeine. You know, that's a whole nother story. I actually like a little caffeine. I think that it helps with um, just overall mental clarity, brain function, et cetera. So black coffee, unsweetened tea, whether that's an herbal tea, maybe has caffeine, maybe it doesn't. Um, but the main thing is it cannot have any sweetener in it. So unsweetened tea, you can have lemon water, okay? Just a, a fresh lemon water is a wonderful thing to have, you know, in the morning as you are, you know, continuing your fast. Um, you know, some people will ask about matcha, um, matcha green tea. And, you know, that typically is not, as long as you're not, do not add anything to it, no sugar, no sweetener, um, that would actually be okay as well. And then when you are breaking your fast, okay, it becomes really critical, super important what you break your fast with. And what I have found is that I perform best, I function best when I break my fast with a focus on 
a good quality protein source and good good quality healthy fats. Okay, so that's usually what I gear toward. And in fact, it's not uncommon for me to have little or no carbohydrates when I break my fast. So I might be eating, you know, a, um, a, a keto style of protein shake and a healthy fat or, or a protein shake that is, um, you know, again, high protein, uh, good quality protein, but also has uh, in it, um, you know, some, some healthy like avocado oil, that sort of thing. Okay, so so that's usually what I'm breaking my fast with, um, and then I will I a lot of times talk about carb rationing, where you know I am limiting carbs to 50 grams in a day, and so I think ahead. Okay, well if I'm going to dinner with a group of friends, then certainly you know I'm going to wait. Carbs might come at that time. Okay, so those are some of the things that that you can do that will make a difference, but always. The fast, when you when you end your fast in the morning, okay, or 11.30, 1.30, whatever it is, you go for protein and you go for healthy fat. Um, when people just go and they, they break their fast and they're grabbing a high-carbohydrate meal, um, well, you just have had really great stabilized blood sugar during your fasting period. And then you go high carbohydrate and and you're just sending a surge of, you know, what is basically sugar into your system. Uh, You are also causing your body to produce a lot of insulin. And, you know, we're really just trying to keep this gradual steady state and, and it just makes such a difference in terms of how you feel. Some of the don'ts, okay, while you're while, while you're fasting, um, you know, I, I mentioned already, definitely no sugar, no carbs. People will ask me sometimes, well, what about my my medication? Will you still take your medication? Okay, um, you if it's a medication that is required to be taken with food, then you may have to, you know push that a little bit and, and, you know, take it, uh, you know, when you break your fast, um, people will sometimes ask me about omega threes. Um, you know, can I have my omega three supplement? Um, omega three supplement is a fat. It's not going to increase your blood sugar. Okay. So fats and protein, um, actually are neutral on the blood sugar. And really when we're doing intermittent fasting, we are really trying to focus on keeping that blood sugar low, keeping the insulin levels low, bringing those you know fasting insulin levels down for those of, those of you who have insulin resistance. Um, which by the way, when you have your annual exam with your physician, ask them to check a fasting insulin level. Because if your fasting insulin level is high, um, you really, really need to to get on this, okay? Um, That is just not a good situation at all. If the fasting insulin level is high, um, you've got a problem. There's a problem brewing, and you can head that off by making some changes right now incorporating the intermittent fasting uh, to bring that insulin level down and it will absolutely have an impact uh, for for you know your overall health so no sugars no carbs um, absolutely no do not eat and go to bed okay so when when you are are incorporating intermittent fasting you might think well I'm about to you know uh, I, I'll be fasting through tomorrow so I'm going to eat and then go to bed do not do that I always tell my patients that 
you know, whatever time you eat, if it's 7 p.m. and that's when your fasting starts, you you have to be awake for three hours after you eat. So if you're one of those 9 p.m. people, then you need to back that up and you probably need to be eating, um, you know, your evening meal a little bit earlier and, and, and start your fasting window at 6 p.m., for example. So again, everybody varies. You know, we all have different schedules. Um, you know, the schedule that I'm on when I'm in the office seeing patients is different from the schedule that I have when I'm on vacation uh, in terms of the time that I go to bed and the time that I might cut, you know, my, my fasting window. So, you know, during the week, you know, I typically am, uh, you know, have no calories after 7, 7.30. Uh, if I'm on vacation, well, I, I actually might eat at 9, but I'm up much, much later, okay? And I just move it back, which brings me to another point because I had this question asked recently and it was, well, what about the person who, who, you know, maybe they work from home and they've got their own schedule or, you know, or they're retired or whatever, and they just don't go to bed until the middle of the night for most of us. You know, they're the people who stay up until 3 a.m. every single night. What about them? Well, it would be very difficult for that 3 a.m. person to, um, you know, start their fast, for example, at, at 6 or 7 p.m. So their fast would start a little later. And then obviously their, their 14, 16 hour window of fasting would extend longer into the next day. Okay. So, so definitely do not eat before bed. We are not, um, you know, little children who, who need a bedtime snack. Okay. Uh, we do not fall into that category. The other thing that we do not want you to do uh, during this time is do not binge eat. Okay. So if you've been fasting, okay, and, and you know you're hungry, you feel it, you're ready to break your fast and have some food, go slow. Do not pour it on. Do not start just eating, eating, overeating, and binging. All right. You absolutely want to, again, that's why I like starting with a good protein and a good healthy fat because it's going to serve your body. It's going to fuel your body and, and, you know, give that some time to settle in. And then maybe, you know, two, three hours later, uh, if you, you know, are ready for something else, then, then, you know, by all means go ahead at that point. Um, so these are just some of the fasting do's and don'ts, things that can help you to have success, uh, as you, you know, incorporate intermittent fasting into your plan. And I just want to kind of end with, um, a story, uh, someone who, um, came into the office and, um, this is someone who did have some weight to lose. She was very unhappy with her weight. And um, wanted, uh, you know, a prescription medication. And I said, you know, I think that lifestyle, you would do so great with intermittent fasting. And just kind of gave her information and talked about that. And she embraced it. She embraced it. Her family got around her, supported her uh, in that as well. And um, I got to see her back. And I was so excited to see um, that she had actually lost 52 pounds uh, with intermittent fasting and has now embraced a lifestyle that will stay with her, you know, for the rest of her life. She knows how to manage her weight and, and how to control, you know, the eating window. And she's also sharing it with other people. So I just uh, am so excited when I see things like that happening. It's just, it's a definite win in the healthcare uh, space for sure. So Make sure you plug in next week, okay, because we're going to talk more in detail about what is happening in your body when you are fasting so that you understand why this is such a powerful tool 
and and why you should definitely consider doing this. Um, whether you've got insulin resistance, you've got some weight to lose, you want to address your you know your cholesterol panel, you know whatever it is, uh, maybe some inflammation, autoimmune, whatever. Plug in next week and learn more. Thanks so much for joining me. Have a great day. I hope you enjoyed that episode. For more information, visit me at DeannaOsborne.com. Find me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Dr. Deanna Osborne. I really want to hear from you, so message me. I love taking your messages and creating topics from them. Please rate, review, subscribe, and share my show with those who have an interest in health and wellness. Thank you for tuning in and see you next week.